Hi there, I'm Tom Schultz, host of Voices of Montana, an issue-oriented newsmaker radio program heard weekdays on 18 radio stations with 27 signals all across the Treasure State. Thanks for clicking on the podcast. Please subscribe and we'll do our best to keep you connected. We're also on Facebook at Voices of Montana and on the Internet at VoicesOfMontana.com, where I'd love to hear from you. Contact me at Tom at VoicesOfMontana.com. Every year, thousands of 4-H youth enroll in animal and crop science projects. They learn their subject while learning responsibility through the lens of safety. A culture of safety teaches youth risk assessment and responsible decision-making, setting the foundation for a lifetime commitment to safety in all aspects of life. Montana State Fund congratulates all Montana 4-H member spotlight nominees and thanks youth volunteers for helping grow a safer Montana. For safety assessments and other agriculture safety resources, visit safemt.com. Later on, we're heading over to Broadus, Montana. Delaney Rulin will join us, a 12-year-old museum tour guide. How about that? Also in studio is Mesa Metis, and she's a 14-year-old welder. Yeah, how about that? She's giving us a smile. Her uh, her dad, Cole, is in studio. Her 4-H coach, Duff Sweeney, is here as well. We're talking to them uh, in just a little bit. We're going to head over to uh, Bonner, Montana here. After we welcome John Hawley, MSU Extension Director of Communications and our, our 4-H member spotlight leader as well. And it's brought to you by the Montana State Fund. Uh, so I really appreciate their support, too. Good morning, John. Good morning, Tom. Great to see you. Great to have all these great people in studio today. Isn't it fun? It is. Yeah. And Mesa, you know, she's, what, 14 years old? She's not, are you nervous still? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, not so much, right? Yeah, you'll you'll have fun here. We got a lot to talk about, and uh, on the line is uh, Leah Nelson. We'll get to her as well as Campbell Barrett, the extension agent uh, out of Western Montana, and Allison Nelson, who is uh, Leah's mom. So, and John, again, thanks for being here. Appreciate that. Uh, I like this program, the 4-H Member Spotlight. Talk about how valuable it is to highlight some of these students. Absolutely, and so excited to kick this program off for 2024. I can't say enough about the partnership and the support of our sponsors. You know, this program is all about positive youth development, which is the purpose of 4-H. And so highlighting these members gives the state of Montana and anyone else listening beyond the state an opportunity to know how exceptional our 4-Hers are and that if they're interested in joining or volunteering within 4-H, so give your local extension agent a call. Let's do let, with that. Let's just kick right into it here. You let's know, do got, it. Got a packed show. <laughs> so it is Leah Nelson from uh, Missoula, Montana, actually from Bonner, Montana, out of Western Montana, Missoula County. Good morning, Leah. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. Is it really cold there? Are you snuggled in somewhere? Yeah, a little bit cold out here. <laughs> did they did they cancel school in Bonner? No. Oh. Still going to school. <laughs> she sounded so sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for being here. Appreciate that. Uh, can we say hello to uh, Allison Nelson as well? Allison, how are you? Good morning. I'm well, thanks. How are you? Good. We're good here. Thanks for uh, uh, for being alongside. And Campbell Barrett, the extension agent out of uh, Bonner, Montana, too. Campbell, what's up? We've got the whole the whole Leah Nelson gang on the phone here today. It's going to be a good time. That's good. I was going to ask you, well, how's that going to turn out, do you think? It'll be interesting. We're going to learn something. <laughs> That's good. Hey, Leah, teach us something. Teach us, um, teach us why you're, you're in 4-H. And then also you do a lot of FFA stuff and um, breeding sheep. You do a lot of leadership stuff. The, the parliamentary procedure, um, I think that's kind of cool. Uh, I want to talk about that as well. But just being a, a positive influence uh, for the uh, other members in your club, um, what, uh, what shines for you in 4-H? One thing that definitely shines for me in 4-H is, all the people that I've met, I've met some of my best friends through 4-H. They have been through me through the thick and thin of meeting new people and 
dealing with those tough times with my livestock and all the ups and downs that come with raising livestock when they get sick or anything like that. And my friends and even my family are my biggest support system that I have today. And I'm just so glad that I've met them through 4-H. And I think that if everyone could find someone like that, that I have, that I've met through 4-H, that everyone could just be happier and just have that moment in their life that I have today. Did you know you needed a support group or did the concept of, as you're talking about here, you're so thankful for your support group. When did you recognize that um, you, you actually did have a support group? I think when I recognized that I had a support group was when something went wrong in my sheep barn. Like I recently, I lost a you and my sister and I, we were dealing with that and everyone in my community um, in, in Bonner, they were able to come together and they like, we're like, if you need anything, we'll help you out. And just everyone's willingness to drop whatever they're doing to help you is just something that I've observed across multiple species, multiple different areas. And I'm just super grateful that I've gotten to experience through 4-H. Yeah, that's the spirit of Montana and the spirit of 4-H as well, John. Yeah, Leah, John Hawley here, and congrats once again. Uh, so excited to have you on the program. Really uh, enjoyed hearing that, that last little bit about your experience overcoming some obstacles with, with the sheep program. Can you talk about some other obstacles that you've overcome in your time with 4-H and, and how that's made you more prepared for your future? Some obstacles that I've overcome are definitely keeping up with my record pages. I think all 4-H kids can agree with me that record pages are everyone's least favorite part, and I took it took me a second to realize how grateful I've actually been for the opportunity I've had to keep the records because now in schooling I mean I'm not the best kid in school I'm not going to claim that but I've been able to keep up with my finances by myself that most kids aren't able to save for themselves at this time and I think that that's something that I've just been able to take pride in that I can keep my records by myself and that's something that 4-H has brought to me for many years. You know, I, and I, I noted that here, and it's interesting to hear you talk about that because um, it, it says that you're solely responsible for the care and raising of your small flock. And that means everything, making sure the animals have everything they need and it falls on your shoulders. Does that come from, uh, like, the sense of independence or is it a sense of responsibility or um, is it sometimes because you, you, you can't goad your brothers or sisters into getting it done for you? I mean, a little bit of both, but my sister's in college, and I took over the sheep production when she left, and mm-hmm. I've kind of taken it my own route, and I think I find such pride in what I'm doing right now. Like, at the Western Montana Fair, I got reserve champion market lamb, and getting that has brought such such independence to me that... I know that the work that I put in and the time that I put in, the effort that I put in, is going to have an outcome. And I feel that, I'm not sure how to state this, but I feel that any independence that I put in or responsibility I put into this will have an outcome to me later in life. Very good. Leah, I am just so impressed, you know, hearing about your experience, but I do want to turn a question over to either Campbell or your mom. Can you talk a little bit about how 4-Hers like Leanne set an example for our younger or even potential members to grow and develop as a 4-Hers and as a person in their own lives? Um, I, well, I think... Campbell, I'll just... Oh, sorry, Allison, do it. Oh, you go for it, Campbell. I, prob- I probably just lost my train of thought, but I, <laughs> I was going to say I think Leah is... Uh, she does something that very few 4-H kids in Missoula County, at least, do. She's what I call a, a stock show circuit type of a kid. She goes 
not just to our county fair, but she'll go to all the livestock or the jackpot shows in the area and travel around showing sheep in lots of different places. And so she sees a lot of different ways to do things. Uh, she sees a lot of competitors who are at the top of the game. And so she shares that information back with our local kids who either aren't interested in putting that time and commitment into it or they're not able to. And so she she goes out and learns things and then comes back and shares them with the younger kids. And she's really patient. And I think she's a good teacher as well. Project leader, sheep project leader leader for the 4-H club there. What's the name of the 4-H club, Campbell? Oh, they're in uh, the Potomac Valley 4-H club. Potomac Valley, yeah. And Allison Nelson with us as well. Allison, um, when when your daughter started talking about that support group, um, I know as, as a mother and a parent myself, I'm not a mother, but um, as a parent myself, that's that's our job is to be that support group. Uh, but, but talk about the, the joy you get out of that and talk about how, um, uh, you know, it's not just Allison Nelson. It's it's an, an uh, a entire um, group that supports her. It really is. That's so very true. There's lessons that Leah and her older sister have learned through 4-H that we could not have taught ourselves because, you know, sometimes kids don't always hear the words that their parents say, but they will pick up some of the positive things that they're seeing their peers do or they learn from other leaders in the organization. And it's just this network that surrounds the kids. We're there for the children, for their benefit. We want them to learn by doing. And so we promote that and then it gives them opportunities that otherwise they wouldn't be able to experience. I want to ask you this question too. And then Leah, I was going to follow up uh, with, with you on that. You're noted for being pretty strong minded and, and firm in your beliefs. And, and uh, you speak your mind with confidence and conviction. I was going to ask you, Leah, where did you learn those lessons? But Allison, since uh, you, you've got the, the mic there, why don't you talk about watching her become strong minded and firm in her beliefs and, and how you help that process along. Well, it's been really fun. It's really neat as a parent. I mean, I'm the parent, but I'm also the leader for the club. So I kind of have two roles that I play there. And it's been really neat because I see her from the leader side, stepping up, being our president, taking on two officer roles in previous years when we didn't have the membership to fill those roles, and just really rising to the occasion and meeting the needs. And then also outside of the leadership, but like mentoring younger members in a way that she was mentored by older members when she was younger. And I just really, um, I value that experience for Leah, but for others. And so in that, Leah then built her confidence and became the stronger leader that she's growing into now. She realized that when she stood up to do her demo, for example, that Everybody was there on her side and that she really could do it if she put the work in and seeing those successes then fuels her fire to um, realize more success. Yeah, that's cool. Leah, do you want to talk about that, that journey to becoming more firmer in your beliefs? And then as uh, your mom notes, too, you're really an advocate for the entire community and and for the youngsters. Um, Did that just come from um, mentorship above you? Yeah, most definitely. I had some amazing leaders when I was in 4-H. And I definitely wasn't at the point where I was when I was young, where I am now. I was not as into sheep and showing, but I had my sister definitely that got me into sheep, and I had some amazing breeders that got me to where I am right now. And just their encouragement for getting to me where I am, I wanted to feed that to other kids and see where they could be. And I saw some potential in some kids, and I wanted to get them to where I want where I see they could possibly be, and I wanted to help them see the potential I see in them. And I feel that 
sometimes kids may not see that right away, and I feel like I might have not seen it in myself until I had people sit down and actually help me one-on-one. Like with what I do before interviews, I sit down with kids in my 4-H club and work on record pages and help them get confident with their interview skills because that's something that I was terrified for before I went in for the first time. And just helping them get comfortable with themselves and their project is something that I wish I had a little bit more of, but I had a little bit of a base, so I was able to build upon that. Leah, I've got a quick and fun question before we end this part of the segment here. Uh, You're noted for your proficiency in raising sheep. You're also noted for your proficiency in parliamentary procedure. Which one is more difficult? Um, it depends on the weather. <laughs> Leading a meeting can be tough. There, there are some days I'd rather work with some livestock than, than run a meeting. Yeah, yeah. Depends on the people in the room as well. Yeah, it can be pretty cold in the meeting room as well, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's where leadership comes in. Hey, uh, thank you for what you're doing, and just keep doing it, okay? The, the, the world needs it, right? Um, and, and you're, you know, it's like it, you're a support group. Um, they, they love to, to get behind you, um, and, and help you shine your star. So, uh, we're very thankful. Campbell, uh, Barrett, thank you for what you do. Allison Nelson, thank you too. And, and Leah Nelson, congratulations. I hope to hear from you down the road, okay? Thank you. Later on, Nebraska's Montana on the January 4-H Spotlight. And we'll talk with 12-year-old, I like this, museum tour guide, uh, Delaney Rulin. Delaney, in the last three summers, has um, accumulated like over 300 hours of uh, volunteer work. So that's going to be a bit later on. Guess who we have in studio? Well, it's John Holly as well, um, uh, MSU Extension and Communications Director there, and one of the leaders of this 4-H Spotlight program, again, brought to you by Montana State Fund. And uh, Mesa Metis is in studio here. Good morning, Mesa. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Ah, we're doing good. Thanks for being here. Yes, thank you. So you got to see that first part of the segment there. Was that sort of fun? It was It was really cool. Yeah. I, I mean, like, just hearing all the other experiences that she had had that i also i also had myself so yeah. just kind of it was kind of cool well well like when um leah was saying one of the things that i i keep in track of my record page and you were shaking your head <laughs> yeah like, yeah that's something to keep track of uh yes definitely tell me why um why you're in 4-h what has 4-h done for you 4-h has done so much for my leadership skills and so much for like my communication skills and it's it's given me so much like to look forward to and i've gotten to do so many community service projects and just really built my character along with my siblings and all the other kids in my club and it's just been it's really cool yeah and when you got into it you weren't thinking about all that stuff were you no no i wasn't yeah you were just thinking about why did you get into it um i got into it because my mom had had done it um, when she was a kid and all through high school. And so, I mean, she really pushed me into it. But then maybe the second year I started, I was in, involved in horse and pig and um, well, swine. And I just, I really started to pick up the projects and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. Oh. And so that was, that was why I started it. I just had so much fun with it. We had a chance to chat just a little bit earlier, and one of the things that um, uh, is noted here, uh, you know, in, in why you're nominated, you're a youth leader who had to sort of be encouraged into taking that mantle of youth leadership. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, people say 
they're in their shell. Break out of your shell, so to speak. I'm, I'm not sure that's necessarily the right words for that. Mm-hmm. But but talk about that process where perhaps one day um, you might not have spoken up, but then after some experiences in 4-H, you recognize this input is valuable. I'm going to speak up now. Yeah, and you really have to be an advocate for all the younger kids who are so shy. And I mean, like, that was me a few years ago. I was just so shy, didn't really talk to anybody. And then my mom was kind of like, oh, you, you should get involved in this. And so I, I became an officer and I started, you know, I started making the calls and just just having to talk to people of all ages really, really brought me out of my shell and having to, you know, be an advocate for those kids. So so do you encourage them then um, when, when they say, you know, I'm a little bit shy about that? Do you tell them your story? Yeah, I do. I'm just like, you know what? I mean, it really doesn't matter right now. You're just you're just a kid. You're just learning. I was in the same boat as you were, as you are, and, um, you know. Does it help them? It does. It does. You just, you got to welcome them. So you got to be kind to them and you got to treat them as your equal because I know as a kid I was just kind of like, oh, my gosh, they're so much older than me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, John. Mesa, I'm so impressed by the diversity of projects and the experiences that you've taken on just just in your few years in 4-H, and we've got you for a few more. Um, is there one in particular you'd like to talk about? I'm really interested in hearing more about your welding projects. 14-year-old welder. Right. We certainly need more welders in the future. <laughs> Thank you. Well, my grandpa is actually a blacksmith, and he's he's been really interested in teaching me a lot about his trade and stuff like that. So when I saw welding in the in the books, I was like, oh, that'd be so much fun. And so he's really gotten me into that. And then I started learning with my dad, and it's, it's just been a lot of fun. Is there anything really interesting you've welded that you could share about? Um, I've started to weld like swinging targets and stuff like that for my Precision 22 practice. And so that, that's been a lot of fun. Wow. Well, and speaking of your dad, Cole's right next to you there. Cole, grab that microphone. Uh, father and 4-H coach uh, and apparently uh, a budding blacksmith too or? Uh, no, that's my dad. That, yeah. <laughs> I do some, I can do some basic stuff, but yeah, he, she goes down and spends time with my dad and has learned how to do all kinds of stuff. They actually uh, built a bunch of ornaments for um, a Christmas tree that was donated in Red Lodge as part of a 4-H project, and she she welded a bunch of stars and stuff for the ornaments there. Mesa, talk about that. That's really cool. It was really cool. So it was the first time we had, like, done a big community service project, and um, so my mom and I had really wanted to do this, and we were like, oh, yeah, this is going to be so much fun. So we came up with an idea, and our, our club's name is The Fox Stars. And so we just were like, hey, to just just to get our name out there and to start getting people like to support us and recognize all the club names and stuff like that, we're going to do a star-themed tree. And so I was just thinking of like, and then we did all, all the ornaments were handmade, all of them. And um, we had kids that made like, um, did like cooking for it and did like um, strands of all sorts of stuff, did lots of braiding and like... Um, there was a couple kids that I think did leather work. There was some woodworking in there. And then I did some welding and we just kind of put all of our skills together. And it was really cool. Wow. That's a great project. Cole, I'm going to have you uh, comment to uh, uh, just, you know, being a father, being a 4-H coach. Uh, I'm sure you've got a lot of pride as well. But talk about um, talk about that journey. Talk about um, what um, 4-H has, has offered your daughter, uh, of course, with your assistance there too. Um. 4-H is uh, the opportunities that you have with all the different projects. I mean, you can find something that you can get a kid interested in, and that's the thing is just trying to build 
you know, build their confidence and teach them that they can pick up new skills. It's not, you're not in a box. It's, you know, a lot of people think of 4-H and think it's just animal projects, which it is, and we do animal projects as well, but there's so much beyond, uh, beyond the animal projects. And we've had, a, we've been very blessed in Carbon County to have the volunteers that have been putting in, I mean, we have volunteers that have been put in for 20, 30, 40 years. They've been volunteering in 4-H. Cole, I'm going to turn a question to you kind of on that on that note. If you're sitting at a local diner and you're seeing a friend and they're not a volunteer in 4-H yet, what would you tell them to get them involved? Um, I guess it just depends. You try to find something that might interest them, something that a skill that they could pass on. It's just like what my dad's doing you know, with my daughter, and also, I mean, Duff is here with us too. Yeah, so yeah. I'm gonna He's put standing, him. Throw him on the mic. I'm gonna put him in the spotlight, but he he doesn't have kids involved. He did have kids involved, but his kids are grown and have moved on and. He's stuck with it, and is he's the head coach of the shooting program in Carbon County, and um, he's been a huge, a huge uh, blessing to to that club. Hey, 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 Duff. Um, uh, and again, Duff is Duff Sweeney, a four H coach there, and we're, that was Cole Metis and uh, Mesa Metis is with us in studio here from Bridger, Montana. Um, so did did you teach uh, did you teach Mesa how to how to shoot? Is that the deal? Me and um, several other coaches. It's it's just not a one trick pony deal. It's um it takes. We've got three or four or five good coaches, our support staff, our statistical officers, our education lady, which just happens to be um, Amy Metis. Um, so it's it, it just takes a bunch of people, and just everybody helps out where they need to help out. Why do you still do it? Uh, the satisfaction you get, we're first and foremost <clears throat> excuse me, a safety shooting education program. You have to spend an hour in the classroom every Saturday before you go shoot. If you don't spend an hour in the classroom, you don't get to shoot. So that's that's primarily why the club was started and why it keeps going for me is teach a kid safety, number one. Um, anybody can shoot, but do it safely is a whole different story. Mesa, we got like less than a minute here. I want to ask you what you're doing next. What's your, what's the, the kind of cool things you're involved in right now? Well, I am, I'm still involved with my Precision 22, and we've started that up, and there's there's – there's a lot of there's a big future for it, and um, I'm pretty excited with that. And I, I continue to stay um, active in my church. I sing and I work on the. I just was helping out with the Christmas program, and yeah. I mean, I, I've been homeschooled my whole life, all those nine years. They're doing. They're <laughs> nine, do, ten years. They're doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Amy and Cole yeah. will give them a lot of credit on that and Duff a little bit too, huh? Yeah. Stand by because now you get to be the host as uh, we welcome our next 4-H guest here, Delaney Ruland from Broadus, Montana. You Extension Director of Communications. Of course, Cole Nettis also um, in studio and Duff Sweeney as well. We'll get to Delaney Ruland here in just a little bit. Cole, I just wanted to say thank you. Cole's a, a lineman for Northwestern Energy. Maybe a, a good day to have this uh, program scheduled uh, for you. But, uh, you know, when we think about how we need our energy in times like this and, and uh, just a chance for us to say thank you and Northwestern Energy for all the work that you guys do because um, I don't want it to be 20 below in here. No, I appreciate that. It's a, it's a good job, very satisfying line of work to be in, and I'm um, glad to be here and, and be an advocate for for 4HN Northwestern, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's say hello to Delaney Ruling. Good morning, Delaney. How are you? Good, you. Ah, we're hanging in there. A little bit cold. Uh, is it cold there? Yes. 
Did, did you have to go out and feed the sheep or the horses, or did you have to get out and work in it this morning? No, my mom all did that. I was ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, then let's put Kate Ruland on the phone then. Uh, Kate is uh, Delaney's mom. and uh, Good morning, Kate. How are you? Good morning. I'm thank- I'm good, thanks. Yeah, it, it, it is super cold there, isn't it? It is. It's a little brisk. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um... Uh, Delaney brought us Montana. Pardon me. I want. I, I'm impressed, uh, and I've seen the museum there, and it's it's really nice. So you're volunteering there. It's noted here. You've been you. What it says like 384 hours cumulative, and over the last three summers. Um, why do you do that? That sounds like a real fun thing. Well, when I was little, my parents brought me there, and I thought it was like so cool. And then when I was like eight i was like i kind of want to work here when i'm older and then they were like you can work here now (laughs) and so i kind of just started and i really love old vintage things so that was just like really fun to give people a tour about that and then asking questions and me being like oh well that's like a rotary phone or something and (laughs) and yeah And, and i mean Again, uh, did you learn all of that stuff along the way? Uh, because there's a, there's a ton of stuff to know if you're just poking around a museum, isn't there? Yeah. And uh, our museum isn't, like, everything is in a... Uh, gallery. A gallery. Mm-hmm. You can walk around, touch things, and so it doesn't really... We don't have any note cards that say what it is so we kind of have to tell people what it is so when i first started i would follow some of the other volunteers around and i would learn off of them delaney john holly here congrats again and thanks for being on the program uh really impressed by the diverse projects that you've participated in poultry sheep horse art anything really exciting for 2024 that you'll be working on in addition to this museum of volunteering uh not really. <laughs> well, I really a lot of projects. <laughs> oh well, absolutely. Well, in in our notes here, another really cool thing. It looks like you donate eggs to the senior center from your chickens. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So we have about thirty chickens, and so of course our fridge gets filled up pretty quick. And so sometimes we go down to the senior center and donate like three eighteen packs for people to have. That's cool. Do you do you go in there and then talk to some of the seniors? Have you made some friends there? Um, not really. I mean, like some people, but the times that I've went there hasn't been a whole lot of people there. So, understood. Um, but why why do you volunteer all those hours? Um, why is it important to you, Delaney Ruland, as a twelve year old? Um, I don't know. I. I guess I just saw it as, like, really cool, so I, I really like it. It is super cool. Um, what would you say to other people, uh, you know, in, encouraging them? Do, do like, some of the other kids ask you, wow, I'm nervous about doing that. Well, uh, Mesa is here in studio as well, and, and uh, Mesa, earlier we were, we were talking about um, how she was encouraged out of her shell a little bit. Do you, do you help that with other members there? Well, uh, one time we had a meeting, and one of my friends, I was talking to her about it at school, and she's like, oh, that sounds cool. And I'm like, yeah, if you want, you could come to the meeting and see if you could be a volunteer. 
And she's like, yeah, but I'm not, she's not a very loud person. So she's like, I'm not very loud and I don't think people could hear me. And I'm like, that's okay. But she didn't really show up to the meeting, but that's, that's, that's okay. Yeah, that's cool. It takes more. Sometimes it, you have to just kind of keep that communication going. Mason, Mason's got a question. Delaney, what is your favorite thing in the museum? What, what is your favorite, what is your favorite thing? Yeah, that's a cool question. Uh, so our museum is broken to seven buildings, and one building is all vintage clothing, and that is my favorite room, and my job is kind of like to rearrange the mannequins and put them in new clothing. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I, know. I know. I've always admired older vintage stuff like that, too. That's really cool. Would you, uh, yeah. do you go in there and like, uh, play dress up? Do you and do your mom, Kate, go in there and play dress up? Come on. Mesa oh, will, wait, Mesa will join you. Yeah, I would join you. Yeah. <laughs> my best friend, she worked there at the museum for a little bit. And one summer we were looking through the clothes and I'm like, oh, this looks like we, it could fit us. And so we started trying on the clothing. <laughs> <laughs> I really want a picture of that. I do. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you should dress your whole 4-H club up in some of that. How about that? Yeah, that would complement the Western Heritage Project. That's one of our really exciting projects in 4-H. I'm sure some of that would be would be a, a fun to tie in. photography <laughs> class, too. Yeah. 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 We did a photo shoot at the museum one time, though. Oh, cool. Was it was it fun? Did it turn out? Yeah. What was that? I what? remember one time. Sorry, go on. No, go ahead. You remember one time? Oh, well, one time we had a fashion show for one of the ladies that live here in Broadus, and she donated a lot of clothes to the museum, so she had us dress up in some of her old clothes, and I was wearing a 70s disco outfit. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's three of us wearing that in this room right now, as a matter of fact, so it's... Uh... Not not as uh, ancient as you might think. Hey, that sounds like a lot of fun. Kate Ruland, were you a part of that? I actually was gone at an art show during that time, so I didn't get to go. That uh, fashion show actually celebrated uh, the anniversary of women's suffrage. Each summer, our museum hosts an event as a fundraiser for the museum, but we try to do a major event each summer or in the fall, we've done murder mysteries. We've done the style show. Um, we did. We hosted a 4-H fun day at the museum where we did cyanotype photography, and we had one of the museum people from Ekalaka come over and talk about dinosaurs because we have a woolly mammoth room and display that Delaney's been really in integral in helping put together a lot of our new displays. Uh, she has a ton of things in our schoolhouse that she's brought in her old entomology project from FAIR, and she has turtles and all sorts of things that she's brought in as hands-on portions of the tour so kids can get really involved in the history of the different rooms. I think it's really interesting, Kate. You know, uh, first of all, y'all have done a great pitch for broadest tourism, I'll tell you. But, you know, can you explain a little more about how uh, you, you've seen Kate grow, or excuse me, how you've seen Delaney grow 
in the 4-H program? You know, she's 12 years old, so she's got a, a lot of a lot of life ahead of her. But but how has she grown as a 4-H'er? Um, so I'm a 4-H alumni. I love 4-H, and I started her as a clover bud. So she could be involved and take things to fair because every kid loves that part. And this is her fourth year as a true 4-H member. Um, She's not shy about taking a ton of projects, which gets really busy on my end, trying to help her in any way that I can. Um, She's really done a lot of work with learning how to show poultry. Poultry is not big in our area of the state, so she's, I've done some traveling and gone to other competitions to try to learn how to be a better poultry showman because we were kind of shy on people here that could help with that. So we've done some traveling for that. Um, She's been the four-time junior poultry showman here in the county. So hopefully she can keep that going. And she just started this year will be her first year with bred breeder use. So she'll be diving into her first lambing season in March. That's a little, and that's quite a bit. That's a lot. She's, yeah. she's going to be able to handle that, huh? Wow. Well, hopefully. Do you guys have a shooting sports club? We do. You, and oh, I'll you ever do. talk about that. We do. Cool, cool. Um, so when I am in uh, archery, I shoot my bow. And then I do air rifle as well. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm I'm participating in air rifle right now as well. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, let's talk about scores then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but maybe later, right? Uh, yeah. Later. What What do you like about it then? What, um, you're, you're doing archery. What do you like about that, Delaney? I, I don't know. I think it's just fun yeah. having to get your bow and then having to because my bow is a lot of work. You have to, like, get it all sighted in so the arrows don't go all wonky and whatever. I think it's just fun seeing how much you can move stuff around so it will hit the center of the target or if it won't. It, I don't know. It's just really fun to me. It, uh, Mesa, it sounds like uh, that Delaney can probably teach you how to shoot uh, a, a bow if you want. Are you, yeah. <laughs> are you into that? Yeah, that, that'd be really cool. Um, will you be going to State Air this year? Yep. Yes, I will. Oh, you be. will? Maybe we'll run into each other. <laughs> Maybe. We'll, we'll make sure we make that happen. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> you guys will be shooting right next to each other. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. We probably shot next to each other before and didn't even know. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, are you Delaney? Yes. Are, are, are you Mesa? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Delaney, thank you. Thank you for being, and thank you for those volunteer hours too at the at the museum and at the senior center as well. Um, can can you just maybe talk about um, encouraging other kids to be become a part? Maybe it's not just four H. Maybe because you don't have to be a part of four H to go and volunteer at these places. But um, obviously, four H has has been real central uh, to to helping you unlock some of those experiences. How would you encourage them to be a part of that? Well, it's kind of weird because, like, some kids, like, yes, they have things going on at home, but, like, soon after that, they're like, oh, I'm going to go watch TV or something. Well, you could also go out and, like, volunteer to help people. Like, it doesn't matter if it's, like, a business or anything. You can go up to people and be like, hey, do you need help with anything? And if you 
Yeah, you can volunteer and you might get paid even. I don't know. That's right. Uh, That's the spirit of 4-H right there. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, you never know where it leads. And, and uh, usually it leads to someplace real positive for yourself and for others, too. And it's, uh, again, like I say, it's stuff that we need in this world. Thank you for doing that, Delaney. And thanks for being on today. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Kate, we're real proud of your daughter, and uh, we're real thankful for you and the 4-H program as well. Um, uh, it's it's real encouraging. Thanks for what you do, too, okay? You bet. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, um, when you guys meet together at the next shooting, uh, whatever competition it is, we want pictures, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Take care, you guys. We'll Thank be, you. We'll be back with uh, just final thoughts here from Montana for Montana. It's the January 4-H member spotlight brought to you by the Montana State Fund on Voices of Montana. Well, we call it the fastest hour in radio, and sometimes it's too much so when we talk about our 4-H member spotlights. Uh, this month, real fun here. We're going to just close it out. John Hawley is in studio, along with Cole Metis, Duff Sweeney, their 4-H coaches, and then uh, a special guest in studio was Mesa Metis, uh, one of the um, nominees for this month out of Bridger, Montana. Uh, it was fun having you in studio, Mesa. Um, any uh, any closing thoughts? Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, there is something I would like to close out on. I would want to thank all of the 4-H leaders and volunteers because, I mean, seriously, it would this it would not be here without, 4-H would not be here without all the volunteers and leaders. And I would really like to thank my club leader who nominated me, Misty Donnelly. Mm-hmm. It, w- it would have been wonderful if you, you could have been here with me, but I, I appreciate you, <laughs> and um, I would like to thank all the leaders that have helped me get to where I am today. I'd like to thank Duff Sweeney and my both my parents who helped me out, too, and who are volunteers, and it, it, it's a big deal, and all of us kids really appreciate it. Just want to let you know. that That is golden. It really is, Mesa. Thank you. I'm about ready to cry. Okay. Yeah. Could you stop now? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hey, thank you guys for being in here. Appreciate that. Yeah, John Holly, good as well, right? Always need for volunteers. Don't worry if you're homeschooled. The door is open there, too. Thanks again for joining us for the podcast. And join us daily Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. for more Voices of Montana on local stations all across Montana.